Hello, welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse and MJ, where each episode we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is our eighth day of Podmas, where we are releasing an episode every day in the lead up to Christmas. Today, we are checking out Netflix's 56th film. It's the 2017 Brazilian Western, The Killer, directed by Marcelo Galvo, and it stars Diego Morgado, Neil Mahondres, Dito Montenegro, Maria de Medeiros, <laughs> and a teenage Chicoto. Yeah, I stuffed them Not a bad, no, it wasn't and bad. I, I tried to do the little um, Portuguese there was, Yeah, there was a nice little flavor tried, to them. I tried. So day eight of Podmas means we're nearly a third of the way through Podmas. That's very impressive. It means we're only... 17 days till Christmas. That's not a Christmas. Yeah. Christmas coming. That's all right. It's no, coming. It's very soon. This is not a very Christmassy kind of film. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's quite violent, this one. <laughs> so before I watched it, like it's got the rating on top of Netflix and it said MA 15 plus. Um, and the first thing I think it said, actually, strong sexual violence. Like it was really specific. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, didn't... I, I think we might talk about <laughs> We're going to spoil this, uh, this movie as usual. So if you do want to watch uh, The Killer on Netflix, uh, get on board. Yep, and have a expect watch. some strong sexual violence. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? If you, it's hard to predict what you think that would be. If you don't think this movie is for you, but you're a Flix Forum fan, this could be one of the episodes that you just listen to. Yeah, just you just want to enjoy yeah, it. I, I actually can't wait to talk to Jesse about it because I have no <laughs> idea what he's going to do. This is tricky. We don't know where we're going to go with this one, I think. Um, we we always start our show off with our fast flick, so we do a little summary of the film. MJ, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, okay, so in what feels like an anthology of tales about violent hitmen in the 1940s in Outback Brazil, we eventually settle on seeing a story of the most dangerous and feared of them all. Ooh, I like that. That was mm. very open. Yeah, it was. I, like, I kind of, yeah, I didn't feel like this was, despite it having a linear storyline through it, it didn't feel very linear watching it. Uh, yeah, it yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I, totally I wanted get to capture mean. that in my fast flicks. I, I, went more, I went real simple. I've just gone, a boy needs to understand what happens to his mentor and to turn into a man must venture into the big, bad, wild west. Hmm. And that is the story that we eventually settle on. Yeah. But eventually. there was a period there where I'm like, are we even going to come back to these guys? There, were, there are a few intersections where I was like, yeah. what have these people got to do with this film? Yeah, good. That's because that's, uh, yeah. it would feel remiss of me not to mention that in my fast leaks. Good. All right. Well, what's, this one is obviously uh, another, um, I guess we'd call it a international film. Foreign language Foreign film. Foreign language film. Yep. So finding stuff in English about this film was a little bit hard. True. Yeah. What have you got? First thing I found that it is called O Matador. It is. <laughs> in Brazilian or in Portuguese. Yeah. Um, which certainly helped with Google searches as well. Because the killer is crazy, crazy. generic. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like the killer 2017 yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Portuguese. Brazil. Brazil. Caballera. <laughs> um, but I mean, it was it was nominated for 11 awards at the Gramado Film Festival in 2017. Yeah. So that's an international film festival that's held annually in the Brazilian city of Gramado. Um, and since 1992, it's given awards to Latin American films that are produced outside of Brazil. Um, and it is the biggest film festival in the country. So I'm well, I'm glad you checked that out because I had not like I saw it was nominated and won a couple of awards, but. Had no idea the actual significance. Yeah, of that so one, basically, it? it's it's one of the biggest um, or the biggest film festival in Brazil. Mm-hmm. But also at that film festival, they can present awards to any Brazil or uh, is it Brazil films or Latin American Latin films? Latin American films, cool. 
Um, so it was nominated for 11 of them, of which it won Best Cinematography and Best Music. Hmm. But, I mean, it was also nominated for, like, director, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, screenplay. So it was named for all the big categories. Sure was, um, yeah. I can't say I'm familiar with too much Brazilian cinema. So, Me either. Um, I was coming in pretty eyes open on this one. I, uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, don't I didn't even, know what to expect. I, I honestly don't even know. I mean, this is obviously not just, like, a typical Brazilian film. No. But... In terms of that, say that award ceremony, I don't know what that's up against, and that's yeah, that's a reflection on me more than anything else. Yeah, and I guess you got to talk a little bit. It's a western. It's a western film, and I've seen a few western films, and I know um, you know some good western films, but I guess it's probably not the sort of genre that I'd definitely go out and see. You know, or, or go oh, out look, to watch. I mean, in in twenty nineteen, there's just not as many westerns no, yeah. out there anymore either. So the westerns that we do watch are generally either old or almost parodies and yeah true and even sometimes i'm like oh i'll go back you know there's so many good westerns from the 50s and 60s go back and watch one and i'll watch one i'm like oh, yeah, that'll do for a while yeah. yeah it's a bit like that yeah that's true very true as well yeah. i mean i guess that's why they don't really make many anymore yeah. it's not as appealing to the yeah, true and you know they used to, they were pretty cheap to make in the day as well because they i've been to um one of those you know they've got these ranches where they're, they're literally these west, wild west sort of towns and they could you know, do the whole production on this one little set, which was which is really cool. Well, we've both seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's, we have, yes. Uh, they talk, they literally Which go to that ranch. And, they do, yeah. yeah, where they film yeah. Um, this, so this is the first Brazilian Netflix original film. It is, yeah. And it's inspired by a book that, um, was it called? The O Caballera that yeah. he based his name on when he t- yeah. became a man, I guess. So that's a part of classical Brazilian literature. So that book was written in 1876, so she's an old one. Yeah. Um, I kind of got the vibe that Netflix were quite interested in committing to more Brazilian cinema. Um, Between then and now, nothing else seems to have come through Mm. on on an original Netflix basis. But I am seeing there's a lot in the works. Now, when you jump on Wikipedia and you see things that are in the works for Netflix, I mean, the list is really long and I actually don't know how much to believe a lot of it, but... Um, you know, I, I'm assuming that the, the market in Brazil is, is quite promising for Netflix and I wouldn't be surprised if we had another couple of these, not necessarily violent Western, action, yeah. violent Western <laughs> ones, but, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see yeah. if we get a bit more Portuguese language films. So the consensus, what did you, I know you don't look, you don't look at Rotten Tomatoes. I don't. So I would be very surprised if you got much of a sample size for it. It it doesn't have a critical consensus at all. Uh, It's only got three reviews from critics on there. Three is probably more than I thought, to be honest. Yeah, so two fresh and one rotten. Yep, okay. Audience, there was 52 ratings. And that was on 61%. 52. Which is pretty much bang on IMDb. (laughs) Well, this is literally... I mean, we say this a lot. This is the smallest film we've done in terms of quantity of ratings mm. that we've seen online. IMDb is 6.1 out of 10 from 1739 yep. ratings. Letterbox is 2.6 out of 5 from 391 ratings. There are such small numbers of people that have actually watched them. Mm. So I guess the consensus is, you know, middle of the road, yep. if not maybe a little bit below par. Um but it's hard. It's hard to, to sort of critique this too when you have such little background it's on, really on hard. Um, Portuguese films. I guess. I mean, I, I, I always have a flick through the reviews on Letterboxd just to get a flavour of what people are saying. Ninety percent of them are written in Portuguese, so yep. I couldn't read them. Um, 
We needed uh, Simo along for the ride. He could, could translate for us. Why? I don't know. He just likes his, his Spanish and um, Portuguese. Oh, I thought you were going to say with... that he can speak Portuguese. I was like... A couple of key words. I did maybe. not know this about him. <laughs> um, but, so Simo was one of our guest Guess, podcasters. I think if a you couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, but point being, I think a lot of the reviews that I did read were pretty negative from, from the Western, Western culture side of things. Yeah. So, just for a bit of context, this was released on the 10th of November 2017, Netflix Worldwide. So, interesting that it didn't have a, a prior release, you know, in Brazil. Sometimes when they mm, have these true. types of films, they'll, they'll flog it in the cinemas there and then... Well, I wonder if it got, obviously, nominated for awards at a Brazil film festival. Mm. I have to assume that maybe it played there without knowing. Yeah, without, without, knowing, without anyone yeah. <laughs> putting it online. All right. Um, the director did make a note of saying that the opportunity to work with Netflix was an opportunity of a lifetime because he was granted unprecedented freedom on a global platform, um, which, again, glowing endorsement of working with Netflix from a director. So it was Marcelo Galvo. 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 Yeah. yeah. So done lots of shorts, lots of docos, lots of TV. This was his sixth feature too. Yeah. So he's, he's, you know, obviously good with the craft um, yeah. over there. There was some, there was some nice... Um, film techniques in this as well hmm. that come from obviously someone with a bit of experience alright well I think early thoughts I think we need to yep. get into it tell us what are your early thoughts on this one um, I, I kind of touched on this in my fast flicks but it, it, to me it felt like a, a bunch of short stories that continually introduced new characters what felt really late in the piece so like we sort of start with the whole seven years story and then into the Caballero story then we meet Monsieur Blanchard, spent a bit of time with him and his family before being introduced to that bloke who had his family killed who I can't find his Sobral. name. Sobral. I think okay. it was Sobral. Okay. Um, and then it's kind of his story with Four Eyes and Four Eyes' his own hitman yep. and the wife's cousin before circling back to Caballera and Gringo. But we kind of just completely veer off for a while, which is why I was like, maybe this is just like short stories about a time mm. in outback Brazil and I was like, okay, if that's what we're doing. And then we came back to our sort of main antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was frustrating because, yeah, it felt like they probably could have done this in a different order or tried to put it together differently. And I think I struggled with the... Because it, it starts off with, you know, the, sitting around a campfire almost telling a story. Yep. And to me, that was just awkward straight off. And keep to keep coming back to that, to check in where you're at with the story, it just didn't really work. Very Princess Bride. Very, princess, <laughs> very Princess Bride. Um, so yeah, I, I struggled with bits, but then there were bits that I did like. So I'm very much on the borderline here. Yeah, I, look, I'm similar. Like, uh, I think just in general, the characters, they never had time to be developed, mm. especially when they're introducing, like like I said, Four Eyes and that other bloke who whose name you said and that wife's cousin. Yep. They just kind of came in really late in the piece. I didn't know who they were and I didn't know enough about them. So... They didn't introduce characters really well. There was a lack of depth. And when you're performing these sorts of violent and insidious acts, I kind of need more reason to know why you're doing it. I don't like violence for the sake of violence, and it felt like a bit of that. With that said, I think the last 30 minutes or so saved it for me. Um, It kind of started to wrap up the one story arc that it set up. Um, So I didn't mind mind the end. Yeah, I had some troubles with the end too because I... 
It was just too obvious. Oh no! Whether yeah, yeah so whether yeah. whether I liked the end or not, at least at least it brought it brought back, back on track. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I feel like they did close the whole narrative out. It was, yeah, but I agree that it was yeah, it was just a little bit all over the shop. For what it's worth, I didn't mind the um, narration and the backstory, or mm. not the backstory, the front story. <laughs> I know what you want to tell it because I go back in time from there. And again, agree, super obvious mm. that that was going to happen. Yeah, but um, I kind of liked that. It kept the progression. Plot, plot progression. All right, let, let's talk about some characters then. So I think we kick off with um, Cavalera. Cavalera. January was, was he called? Was his that his name at the start? Oh, I didn't catch a name at the start. I think his name was January, and then and then when he decided he was gonna, this was his quest. He's gonna take the name of the. For character. a while there, I didn't think he knew how to talk. Yeah. As an adult, so he just came into town and shot a blo- bunch of blokes, and then I'm like, hey, this guy doesn't know how to talk. Talk, yeah. but then he did. He got there eventually. Yeah. Um. The one thing I struggled with him was because they set up pretty early that he's the hero, right? Because we're telling this story about the greatest killer in Brazil and they eventually have a motive for him that basically makes him the greatest hitman ever because he has a sex addiction that he needs to pay for. That was kind of why he got into the business and stayed into the business. And I was just like, oh, okay. I might not like this bloke as much as I thought I would. Okay. I, yeah, I... Th- I thought they they probably didn't do it very well, but they those blue jewels, jewels gems, that they were yeah. talking about to me that was more his motive, like that led to that sex addiction. Whereas, obviously, the guy who cared for him seven years, yep, he had that same, yep. He just wanted the it was, yeah, it was corruption blue, for the corruption. currency, whatever. It yep. was at the time. Yeah, and I, I think depending on what you did with that currency, but obviously, um, Cavalera used that currency. Yeah, for, that's that's what he used it yeah, for. So I, he kind of for me went from like good to bad to good. And I guess he's like the main vehicle behind that whole corruption because yeah. he, you know, portrayed it better than anybody else. And that's probably the main theme of the film. I really liked that he didn't say much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it sort of gave him that cool vibe that, you know, he's... A bit like the, the uh, kitty from Bam. Blam. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little bit, yeah. He was just he was sort of this badass that was sort of just sat in the background for a majority of it and, yeah. So yeah. did you like him? I didn't hate him, but yeah, I didn't yeah. love him. Like, in a... Compared to the rest of the character, like you needed to to enjoy the film, you had to cling on to someone. Yeah, I guess yeah. he was the one that I clinged on. Yeah, to. I, I, thing, I liked him, and then he started doing stuff, and I was like, I don't like him anymore. And he completely forgot about Seven Years, hmm. who seemed like a pretty good dude. But then they they tried to bring it at the end. They're like, oh, like they tried to close that Seven. That's years the thing. thing. They yeah, well, and like, I found that a little bit disjointed too. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, so uh, who else would you like to talk about? Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of characters in this too because but a lot of them like I don't know enough about nothing about yeah so let's go with um, Monsieur Blanchard good I've got him as my second as well Um, just pure evil Mm. like we we never even really see the half of the bad stuff he does Um, and they just give him no redeeming qualities yeah totally I've I've literally got asshole <laughs> just a horrible human being, like, and I, I felt like he deserved to see his son die in front of him. But you I know didn't what? Didn't feel any pain from when that happened. And How he sad did he? He didn't even care. Didn't care. He didn't care. Yeah. And then, at, and they showed that in his funeral where mm. he's literally, like, oh, you got a phone call. Yeah, okay, I'll go, business, take, yeah. yeah I'll go take the phone call. It's like he was greedy for the sake of being greedy. Like greed was just a part of him. Mm. Did he even really care about the land he was getting? He had complete ownership over this town, regardless. Yeah, he had more than enough. More uh, than enough. It's interesting that. At the end when... Or more than at the end. There were, there were moments where he could have been killed, right? Yeah. Several times when someone walks in with a gun. Probably three occasions that I can think of. They never show him panicking when he's mm. about to be killed. They, he often... 
um, they sort of show this weakness in a character as payoff for the audience. You know, it's a very good opportunity, like uh, Game of Thrones when Cersei finally dies at the end. Mm. It's like... Spoiler alert, Game of Thrones. <laughs> you've seen Game of Thrones by now. <laughs> when Cersei goes, it's... Um, finally, you see her break. Yep. And that's like the audience is like, oh, I needed that. And This guy never does it. And it makes you think, A, he's just ice cold. But his like whole mentality is he's either going to negotiate his way out of this mm-hmm. or he's going to die. And he don't care either way. Like He's all in either way. If you shoot him, well, I lost. And that's, that's the way I live my life. I've never really seen a character like that. Nah, it was, yeah. <laughs> and they never they didn't even kill him at the end. Like, yeah, I that was that like, that annoyed me. <laughs> that, that did annoy me. I yeah. was, I kind of didn't mind that they just committed to this because you kind of. I was expecting like there'll be this blubbering scene where he's like, "Don't kill Cry me," out. or he'll shoot him in the shoulder and watch him bleed out. Or mm. nah, he kind of won. He was out, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll just keep being a hitman." Yep. Yeah, yeah I, it's really hard to talk about these characters because, like I said before, it was really hard to. There was not enough background about them to even care about them or to you know, want to side true. with them. Who have you got next? Uh, I had that Sobral guy, the the guy whose family's killed. And I just thought he was sort of this, because I didn't feel that um, Caballera's motives were revenge. And I think they made it clear his motives, while he wanted to work out what had happened to seven years, I don't think... It's like he remembered at the end. Yeah. Like, That's right. I yeah. remember this for that reason. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, this Sobral guy, he was more about revenge for his family and he, he was... all he was. Yeah. That's all he was. And he was, he was a loose cannon. And similarly willing to die for it. Yeah. yeah. And... And again, I, I was a bit annoyed that, you know, he ended up being killed by Blanchard. Mm. Like when he, Blanchard was the one who took all this away from, you know, took his family away from him. And, you know, Caballero made this big point, you know, he doesn't kill family, doesn't kill kids, doesn't kill women. And then Blanchard obviously is happy to, to oh, wipe him out. Well, he killed oh. his wife and his son. Not his himself, but he ordered the kill. Yeah. Burn his house down, killed his wife and killed his son. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, really sad that he didn't end up... You know, he was, like, the only character that you kind of liked. You wanted him to do well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree with um, that. But that's kind of the stamp of this movie, though. Him mm. him not killing Blanchard, him dying himself, Blanchard not dying. That's that's the legacy of this film. Mm. It's it's not a happy ending, and it's not going to pretend to be a happy ending, and it commits to that, and, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. Then you've got the, like, so the next one I've got is the Four Eyes guy. Yeah, Four Eyes. Because Four Eyes was very similar. Like, he was just this horrible guy that he didn't like people saying no to him. Mm. So he'd do whatever he had to do to wipe people out. Again, yeah, no redeeming qualities no, for him. No, yeah. None at all. I guess we can probably skim through. It's interesting, though, with Four Eyes and Blanchard, because they're both just these pure evil characters. But ironically, they aren't as powerful physically as most of the characters, but they have more power. So you've got this 1940s you know, country um, Brazilian setting and all these hitmen who are in there who have all this, who should have all this power oh, in yeah. that time are still dictated by the people with the brains. Yep. Because um, they got the cash, obviously. The, yeah. yeah. And that's like this Four Eyes guy was, was scared of those sort of people, but he'd bully and beat up women and then he'd get hitman to carry out his bigger work. <laughs> like he was just such a weasel. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen more of seven years. Like it, uh, yeah, at some stage, like you, you see them having such a big. Well, I thought I thought he was the story that they were telling at the start. start like, yeah. here's the this is the most revered Revere, killer right. ever. I was like, oh, seven years, okay, this is the guy, mm. and it's not him. Nah, it wasn't him. And just the way they closed his story out at the end, I was like, ah, oh. yeah, it was a bit of a, yeah, it was a bit, bit rushed almost. Yeah, it was just like a cop out almost. The gringo. He annoyed oh, yeah. me too. I was like, "Do you just give a guy blonde hair and that makes him a gringo?" Because I didn't he spoke like English. Though. Yeah, he did. He did speak English. That just that annoyed me. And then 
the Fernanda, the cousin, and Looney. Uh, yeah. See, I, these characters I don't yeah, even know. They like I just felt bad for them. Their their deaths were just horrible. Like yeah. I really didn't like how they just hunted them down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that whole story was just like, mm. where, why are we doing this story? Where does it fit in? Yep, didn't didn't like that at all. Any other characters? Um, no. I, the kid. Yeah. Oh, Antonio. Antonio is that his is name? That Antonio. I think it was Antonio. The kid who's obviously the man at the end. Yep. It's just interesting to see how the times have changed, but the work remains the same over the years because he's obviously a very different man to Caballero, and it's his smarts, his charisma, and his bravado versus his father's pure savageness yeah still playing that same role good good pick up there I, the the cast I wouldn't I'm not even going to try and suggest anyone else for the for no the no, no. Like, you, that, that, there was there was no one that stood out as not performing well it was no. all fine um, obviously there's a barrier for us with the language so we yeah exactly alright well should we look at some scenes let's do it what stood out for you oh so I, I enjoyed the very opening scene um with the kids and the coffee and, you know, let me tell you a story. I was I was actually quite on edge immediately. Like, it had a real sort of Ned Kelly feel to it. Um, and I'm just like, what are these kids doing? Like, you're going to get yourself into trouble? So I, was, I was really put off by that. Because I really enjoyed that, the, the credits with the characters and the beat. Like, I thought that beat was awesome. And then you've got these, you know, these shots of the, like, the old Western of the characters yeah, on the screen yeah. with the names and... I wouldn't have mind the subtitles so I could understand what the lyrics yeah. were saying, but then I found it really awkward with the two kids and the two cowboys. That that was there's a lot of tension in that for me. Yeah. To, to the point where I was caring more about that story, that side of that the story, story than everything else. I was yeah. like, let's go back to see what's happening with these guys. So I, I would have preferred you have that at the start and the end without saying any more. It just oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. yeah, okay, true. Without, but he he obviously narrated the entire thing, even if you didn't see yeah. him. That narration was still exactly. Um, what else? Um, just a really, really cool shot of that snake biting the horse and then the bullet flying into the guy's chest. Just looked cool. Mm. I'm going <laughs> to take my hat off for that. Um, best scene in the entire film. I've actually written, killing four eyes was fucking awesome. <laughs> when he gets him to sketch him yep, and, and then he, he picks it up and he goes, damn, I know this guy. Bang. I, I just loved it. And uh, that's the payoff that we were kind of talking about that we didn't yeah. get with Blanchard. Um, we definitely got it with four <laughs> eyes. I hated four eyes. Yeah, I didn't like him. And I love, you know, Sabrara, his name is, who killed him, so. Um, and the other thing I, I liked, which again goes to the fact that I like the opening scene, is I really liked the wistful breeziness, the way it ended. Hmm. They just kind of wandered away and the kid was kind of running behind him and he sort of said, no, we got someone else we've got to tell the story to. I, I really enjoyed that. And it was good because the kids wanted to go check the picture. He's like, we don't yeah, need, we we don't don't need to look at his picture because he, he confessed. That's right. So yeah. that, was, that was a nice change compared to his father, I guess. Yeah, he's really bringing the family business through <laughs> through the generations. Uh, that's all I've got uh, for the scenes that I enjoyed. Uh, so, yeah, I, I spoke. I liked that the opening song. Um, and then I, I did like the first time that um, Caballero goes into see humans for the first time and he walks into this bar and he sees this, these guys with the, the stones and then just out of um, pure coincidence kills these three guys which he picks up the, the bounty and he's like oh sweet <laughs> like, I was gonna I, that, the first thing I thought was how lucky is it that he's <laughs> yeah. just killed like the three most dangerous men yeah. in uh, town yeah. like come on I thought that was a that was cool that was a cool little sequence of um, turning the gun shooting bang yeah I thought yeah, that was true cool. uh, the only other thing that I've got down is that uh, there's a scene towards the end where 
um, Caballero's got the the hit to kill Sobel, the the guy, and he's yeah. like, you know, there's these nice sort of little tension filled scenes where he's above and he's like in the oh, bath. Yeah, that's right. And I just really liked that he hesitated, and that that's that was his downfall. This one time that he hesitated because he saw this picture of the guy's Sun, kids, yeah. and um, you know, and there's that line about you know having an empty mind. Yeah. You'll never you'll never kill your hunt if you you feel for the 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 animals' kids yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I just liked that, that came around. A that bit. was yeah, you're right. Actually, they they did balance that pretty well. Yeah. Um, that was it. That was. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's a short list for me. Huh? Yeah. What about what? What wasn't great? Um, in particular, the one of the first scenes where Blanchard's son was raping that. Oh. Um, the, just in the street. The, the boy or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. And then, like later on, he's like there when they, his mates yeah. with a woman. Like and they all just kind of got in line. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of what I mean by these characters were so one dimensional yeah. that I couldn't justify why that was happening. If you had have created this character who like a serial killer that we see in like a Silence of the Lambs or even just like a Joker character that's just so messed up and you you show me why he's thinking like this and then that happens, it doesn't make it easy to watch, but you can stomach it more. This was just like, come on, mate. Yeah, I, his name is Pierre, and I I think I've got down. I think that. It was just that trying to show that he, because of who his father is, he gets whatever he wants, yeah. no matter what it is. And, and I don't know if that's the right way to do it, though. No, I agree. I mean, there's, but yeah, it's a lazy way to do it, almost, to be honest. Yeah. He was vile. Um, <laughs> the scene where Caballero first walks into Blanchard and says, where's seven years? And they all just start laughing at him. And then he hires him after he sort of shoots people and stuff. The laughing thing was just stupid. Mm. It, 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 I don't know what it was trying to tell me. Was it this bravado that Blanchard has or whatever? Um, I didn't buy it. The whole, the whole scene just didn't work for me. So I didn't like that scene because Blanchard walks in and they've made this big deal. Uh, sorry, not Blanchard sitting mm. there and Caballero walks in and they've made this big deal that because he's French, no one understands a word yeah. that, he's, that he says. So he's got this mute guy yeah. to translate for him. So he's having this conversation with Cavalera and there was no, like they were understanding each other straight yeah, away. Yeah, because he wasn't speaking French, he was speaking Portuguese. <laughs> oh, okay, well there you go. I, I just, think he was anyway. Good, yeah. well like, that just, maybe that's because I don't, if I spoke Portuguese. No, I'd but I, that. but that was stupid as well because they made a point that he speaks French, but he barely spoke, spoke French, French in the yeah. whole film. So Yeah, I don't know, that, that annoyed me. Same scene, different reasons. <laughs> Yeah, it was just a bad scene. What else? Um, when that bloke's family was killed, just killing kids mm. is always a hard watch. Like, that's all I've got to say. Again, you're not going to justify why you're doing it enough, and I'm not going to enjoy it. No. Um, I didn't like the scene where Four Eyes cracked the shits when they're in the house because they're all laughing at him. I know, again, it was showing his kind of like sense of power over his family and yeah. not wanting to be ridiculed, but that scene didn't work. It was really drawn out. There was no chemistry between the characters. Um, and could have done without it. Yep. Didn't it? Didn't add anything. Uh, there was a scene where um, Four Eyes sniffs the sketch that he's done. Yep. And obviously smells the girl. Mm. Come on. <laughs> well, like it's been like a day. You've taken the sketch outside with you, and all of a sudden <laughs> you're gonna smell her on it. Mm. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Four Eyes was just a weird guy. Yeah, it was. This is like 30 minutes in the middle of the film where the film <laughs> yeah, changed. changed. <laughs> but he had a good death, so I was all right. Yeah, happy with that. And the final one was when the kid was crying on the bench before he went on the train. It's just really bad acting. 
<laughs> and then he hides in the women's toilet so they don't find him. This it. was weird as well, yeah. And then he, how did he know to hide? Like, how's he, I mean, they say he's a smart kid and stuff. Well, they made it out like Caballero thought he was a dumb kid. He thought he was slow, remember? <laughs> yeah, a uh, good killer. But then he just sort of wanders onto the train and, and gets in an orphanage. And, yeah. Yeah. and then Caballero still finds him, though. I found. I don't know whether that was a dream. I was like, anyway, yeah. yeah. It's real. Yeah, well, obviously it was. I'm looking forward to seeing what you got here. All right. So, towards the start, there was this scene where where um, Seven Ears finds Caballero. And it's like there's this jungle cat or whatever it is. And it's going after the kid and just has this really poor point of view. Like you're the cat running through the jungle. And it just did in my head because from that moment on, then the kid was screaming. And the kid screamed. And just like I had a headache automatically. I had a headache for like three minutes where that kid screamed. I was like, I almost had to turn it off. Did you notice that shot of the Jaguar or whatever it was? was clearly just, like, footage from somewhere Somewhere else. else, Because all they had was the footage of the Jaguar, like, walking, like, five steps... And then they went the point of view shot. I'm like, you clearly didn't like <laughs> plan this Jaguar thing very well. You made it work, kind of, but it was so obvious. Uh, they made this big deal about, you know, you only kill things for, for food, you know, and there's some real, like, graphic killing of, like, reptiles that they eat and yeah. slice and cut up. And I just found them gross because then you have, like, the next scene and he's doing shooting practice and he's shooting these pumpkins I'm like you've got this, you've got, <laughs> you've got these pumpkins that you can eat, and you eating a raw snake. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know that. That annoyed me. Uh, didn't like the hardcore sex scenes. Yeah, they were just over the top. Uh, and that leads into Blanchard sings this song for his uh-huh. wife for her birthday about how cruel they are. It was just like it was almost like a villain song from a Disney. It movie. was, yeah. wasn't it? I'm assuming. I just assumed that was a real song though. Well, maybe not. Maybe, I don't know. But because, yeah, it was just ridiculous. It was so bad. And it went on and on. I'm so, like, oh. I have written bad scenes in, in in Netflix films before as, like, the song in the film. So, I thought, I can't just do another do it song. Like, I'm glad you brought it up. I like, had to. Because I, 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 I think I just switched my brain off for a couple of minutes. There's, I've only got two to go. There's, there's this guy. There's a scene where a guy's about to... He takes his junk out to piss on a kid. Mm. And a guy shoots his penis. His penis. Yeah. <laughs> That hurt my That's eyes. Right. That really hurt my eyes. I was not expecting I was that. I'm glad he did it though. Yeah, but oh, <laughs> yeah, no, but he was a bad dude. He was a bad guy. And um, as soon as you met Antonio, as soon as they're like, "Oh, this is your son," I'm like, "Oh, okay." Now I know who's talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was very obvious. It was not a surprise at all. Um, so I guess sometimes in a film you're waiting for some sort of surprise at the end. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it was like almost like they're like, oh, if you haven't worked it out yet, this is his son. Yeah, like, yeah we worked it out a while ago. Or else it's just some random guy telling a story. Yeah. 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 All right. That's all I've got. what i What was the film trying to say? What are some themes? Yeah. The, big, the biggest one, because I don't think there's a heap of depth to this film. The biggest one is that whole slave to the currency mm-hmm. um, and that corruption and what people do. And, and that's relevant in any time, in any era, regardless of what it is. People get obsessed with more money, greed. more whatever. And that obviously ties into greed. Mm. Um, doesn't paint a very nice picture of greed in this film. Not at all. No, it's, if you're greedy, you're, you're doomed for life almost. Yeah. And that kind of ties into then abuse of power. Massively. In this sense, abuse of power almost gets away with it. Um, I had a little bit of this. So I had, it was about this greed and then almost through this colonial exploitation too. You've got this French dude who's an outsider who is abusing, obviously, a, a foreign land. Um, there was a little bit about survival too. Like, they kept making these comments about, you know, you had to be brave to survive. Mm. And 
while you know a lot of these people, the ones that, that got through were probably the bravest ones almost. Anyone could die at any time in this. That's mm. the thing. That's that's kind of the world that they set up. Yeah. Sort of coming of age too for um, for Caballero. He had to grow up and become a man pretty quickly in a world that he'd never experienced. He had to step outside. You know, he, he depended on seven years his whole life and he mm. just had to make that call. So he just hadn't left that shack? Well, there was that big cloud of smoke that yeah. came every now and then. It was, was like it almost... The, the Deadlands? Yeah. Or... yeah. So basically that's, that shack is like on the other side, side of the of... Deadlands. Yeah. And he never went through it, except for that one time one he tried. Time. Mm. So his whole life, he just roamed around that shack. Yep. Um, there's a bit about land, like the importance of, of land to not only survive, but also that question over who has the right to own it. Yeah. Because I think there was a, there was a comment that by Caballero, like, you know, who, why, why do people own land? Land's yeah. for the land. Like, it's just for people to use, like... Yeah, that was the um, the voiceover when he started being a hitman. Hitman. He was killing people who wouldn't sell their land. Yeah. And it was basically like, well, he didn't really care because he didn't think anyone could own land, so he just did it anyway. And last thing I had was sort of like a little bit about family. You need you need someone to to depend True. on and have yeah. there with you. So, you know, at the start, you've got your seven years with um, Caballero, and then obviously he goes off by himself, and then Antonio needs, needs him. And, you know, I think Antonio had this really nice little comment to him where he said along the lines of, Oh, you know, I've got no family. He's like, well, what about seven years? He raised you. He's, he's your family. Yeah, he's he's like, your, oh, so he's your dad. No, yeah, he's not my no, dad. He just raised, raised me. me. Yeah, well, that's still family. I forgot to mention the scene that I didn't like. Oh, good. When um, when she gave him Antonio in the first <laughs> place and he sort of walked out and she's just like, go with him. I'm not looking after you. I'm not your mother. Your mother's dead. I was like, what the hell? Like, Poor kid. <laughs> you seem like you were being really nice to this kid and then all of a sudden you just cracked it. I don't want him anymore. So I forgot to mention that. Yeah, good one. felt relevant to bring it in. All right, well, what did we take away from this film? Oh, look, I think the thing you take away is the sheer violence of it. Yeah. Um, and it's very it's very difficult to watch sometimes, and I don't like the idea of violence for the sake of violence, like I said. And it felt like there was a little bit of that. Yep. I'm, I'm like, westerns aren't my favourite type of film, and this was pretty gross at times. This was next level. Violence. Yeah. yeah, this was. Yeah. Um, I'd find it very difficult to recommend. Okay. But I would love to know what Hita th- thinks of this film. <laughs> Obviously, Hita not in this podcast today. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, I reckon he might like it. He likes the violence. He likes a bit of gun stuff. He true. likes some good kills. True. Uh, I've, well, I ha- we, we usually ch- talk about IMDb. And <laughs> I didn't actually use it because I didn't have enough time. But my intention was I was going to go through every cast member to see if they'd been on Narcos. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought Hita would have... would have That's a good one. ...would have had a, had a good look at that. My IMDb is... N-A. <laughs> I didn't N-A, it. none. Not applicable. Not um, applicable. Not... No, I didn't recognise anyone nah, in this. Nah, me either. All right. Have you got any questions you want to ask? Yep. Good. Let's do it. I've only got, got one, but it's it's kind of... I've got a couple, so this, this multi-pronged. could be good. What do you think happens to Caballero and his son after the film ends? Sorry, as when the, he's, the son's young. So, like, do they live in the same shack? Because um, you look at his son when he's an adult, and it beggars belief that Caballero actually raised that guy. True. Because <laughs> he's a pretty smart, savvy guy, and yeah, Caballero's like, a brute. And how, if he did stay with him, then how did he manage to survive and not be killed with his dad and, and yeah. have his own family, I guess? So the idea is Caballero just continues to be a hitman for um, Blanchard. That's, that's kind of what happens. But then how does he raise that kid to be that guy we saw at the end? Did he kill Blanchard? I don't think he did. He didn't? I, th- I thought that, that in the voiceover at the end, yeah. he was saying... He continued to work for him. Okay. Or he, he said he like carried out his... Yeah, I, I got the vibe that he didn't kill him and he... 
I thought he did because then he took the land. He took the. Is that what that meant? I, I read that. I, yeah. I heard that as. Yeah. Oh, he okay. just, he just kept good, working for little, him. Yeah. He took the land. He'd be the bloody richest man ever. He wouldn't have to be here, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah I'm, I'm confused. Just surprised me that Caballero raised that guy we saw at the end. But I, f- I feel like, didn't he? So, because he, he killed Blanchard, and then that's when he went and found his son. After he'd already killed Blanchard, and then they went off together. Did he? Because he, he went back to, he went back with the gringo's with head, head to yeah. Blanchard, threw the head down, and then my interpretation was that he killed the three of them, and then he went off to find his son, and then he just went off with his son. My interpretation was that he didn't kill him, but he went off to so get his son. Went and then came back. Yeah. Okay. I get the feeling that Blanchard struck a deal and was like, all right, mm. cool, you've killed everyone else, you're my guy. Because he killed Gringo, so Gringo was like his real but, go-to. But he knew that he'd killed Seven Eyes. Why would he let him stay alive? Yeah. Seven years. Um, <laughs> Too many eyes and yeah. ears. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I may have very well misread that. No, no, that's good Good that we've both got different... But I still don't understand how Caballero raised that kid because he's yeah. he's a pretty savvy guy at the end. I've got any any other questions? No, I don't. i got, I got a couple. Um... Why did Four Eyes always wash his hands? He's mm. like a germaphobe, but I think it's also his way of showing that he is above everyone else. Because yes. he would like touch someone and be like, Ugh. I need to wash my hands. Yeah. Wasn't like that he's just jerk. washing his hand to all the crimes that he's committed or... Actually, that's probably... Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just, just felt like he was a jerk every time he washed his hands as well. Because like, that, that, you spoke about that scene before. They're at the dinner table and they lick his plate and it was just like, okay, so there's obviously something to it. Well, that's a germaphobe thing, isn't it? Yeah, like, they're, they're his family. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was his wife, and his, his cousin. wife's cousin, yeah, and then her friend brother. or brother, or brother, something. yeah. I don't know. I thought that was weird. Yeah, um, his whole story was weird. <laughs> the, I'm not, my Portuguese is not great, but at <laughs> the end of the credits, there's this line at the end that I, I wrote down. It said, "Nonhom animal foi maltratado durante as filmagans." My no, guess is no animals. No animals were harmed <laughs> during the filming of this. <laughs> I wanted to know a for sure. I want to know who was on set because there were some animals that would have been hurt. Oh, in this movie. Come on, they would have. They would have been okay with it. What? It's okay to just open up a lizard and eat its guts? I'm sure they weren't opening up a lizard and eating its guts. It looked real. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many times had those kids heard that story? Yeah. At the end. Like, well, if they were going to do it again that day, yeah. it makes you think that they hear it a couple of times a and day. They still, they still sound into it. Yeah. Like, I what couldn't... a bold technique that is to kill people. <laughs> and, you know, because my whole thing throughout was I would feel so uncomfortable with those kids sitting there listening to that story. I was thinking that too, yeah. <laughs> but then obviously you work out, okay, they know this story, but yeah. they must be bored of it. It's, it's a very good point. Um, so another thing I picked up, Rotten Tomatoes, Wikipedia, they kept referring to Cabarera as Shaggy. Now, and I don't know whether that's in the English dub that he's called Shaggy throughout. Oh. But I thought it was weird because whenever I tried to look him up, I was like, oh, Shaggy, Shaggy, Shaggy. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought it was really weird. So I did read something that said, do not watch it with the subtitles. Sorry, do not watch it with the dub. Dub, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine it working. No. Um, Yeah, all right. That's all I've got. I reckon it's time to start to wrap this up. I think it is, yeah. That was an interesting chat, though. Yeah, it was. It's, it's not bad. So get, we uh, sit around and work, give out a rating out of five, and then average it out. MJ, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, as I said, I found myself getting into the story very late in the piece, and surprisingly so, because I really wasn't enjoying it prior to then. Um, yeah, I found it very difficult to get behind in any of the characters when you can't cling on to someone, um, and it, it makes it even harder to be cool with that sort of violence on screen as well. But 
engaging me late does mean something. Yep. And I did like the way that some components of the story were told and wrapped up. And I'm still going to give it two stars. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, there were bits of this film that I liked, but I did have problems with it, especially the pacing, the chopping and changing mm. between those storylines. And I'm the same as you. A lot of the violence was just a little bit too much for me yeah. with, with no need. So I'm also giving it a two out of five. You know what? It was. It's a low two. Like, yeah. It could have been oh, one yeah. and a half, but I was, no, there yeah. were some good things about it. Yeah. So that, as an average, gives us a two. Two. That's very easy. We are doing very well. On, Actually, yeah. Since it's just been you and me. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah I know. We're, 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 we're too yeah, similar. I don't yeah. know what's going on. So we are on social media. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. We are at Flix Forum. We pop a question of the week up there and... I'm going to change the wording with this one a bit because we don't agree on this, but I just wanted to know, as in the audience, sorry, why weren't we as the audience rewarded with Blanchard's mm. story? I'll change that. I had death, but I've taken death out because he may not have died. Well, you could still say, you could still say, why weren't we rewarded with his death? Death, yeah. Because that would have been a nice reward. Yeah. Yeah. So Would have been, yeah. But then, you know, it's a bit soft. Yeah, very this soft. Film if wasn't soft. If he just goes and works for him for the rest of his life, that's really, like I wouldn't take. I'm gonna take the movie down. I don't want to give it to anymore. That's what I thought. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. No, I like that. that that's good. The good thing about movies, everyone can. Am I wrong? Hit better. us up. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> I'm not really watching it. So <laughs> someone else tell us. So yeah. So um, tomorrow we're back again. We are. We're doing Podmas, and we've finally got a Christmas movie. <laughs> How exciting is this? This is what I've been hanging out for. We've got three in a row too. Yes. So we are checking out the 2017 Christmas rom-com, A Christmas Prince. It's directed by Alex Zam. It stars Rose McIver, Ben Lamb, Tom Knight, Sarah Douglas, Daniel Fathers, Alice Cridge, and Tahira Sharif. Sounds good. Sounds good. Come Christmas in. movie for Christmas. A little bit of a change of pace, I reckon. Oh, <laughs> anything's going to be a change after that. So good to see you again. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.